Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the host of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Yes, we do, Nat. And this week we are talking how to consciously raise soul-aligned children. And we have an expert because, you know what, we don't have children. We don't even have kids. We don't have Not a single one. Well, we do have children, but they're not humans. But they are (laughs) of the canine breed. (laughs) Breed. (laughs) So we have an expert that's coming on today. Her name is Nicole Amber, and she is a pediatric occupational therapist and a parenting soul alignment mentor. She has a YouTube channel that it's amassed over 9 million views. So you know she's an expert. Oh, she's an expert. She's an expert. And she's children, yes. which, you know, seems like a qualification you need to speak <laughs> on parenting. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, really excited to talk to her. But first, Nat, what are we drinking? We are drinking the Sparkman Apparition from Yakima Valley. That sounded like it was in a different language. Oh, I don't even know where Yakima <laughs> Valley is. Oh, Woodenville, Washington. Nothing of what you just said was in English. (laughs) Sparkman apparition. I don't know what type of wine this is. It's a white wine for anyone who's listening. That's all it says. Whoa. Do you want to talk about why we chose this topic? Yes. So I feel like we're both very dedicated to our healing self journey and we take that into all of our friendships and relationships. And even though we we don't have kids yet, mm-hmm. we know that we will both be super conscious and deliberate with how we parent. So, so they grow in the healthiest, happiest, encouraging environment. Mm-hmm. So we can't wait to talk to this very true expert in raising soul-aligned children. Also, I'm just, I want to know what a soul-aligned child is. Me too. I do too. Yeah. So a little bit about Nicole. She is, like Corinne said, a parenting and soul alignment mentor who helps women build legacies for themselves and their families by showing them what's possible when they no longer have to choose between the two. Big deal right there. Mm -hmm. She's created a thriving online business with her kids right by her side. And additionally, she has a super successful YouTube channel that supports millions of women in their motherhood journey. She's redefining what it means to be a conscious mom and just an overall powerhouse. This lady is unstoppable. She's unstoppable and we must meet her. Yes. Let's bring her on. Let's bring her on. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, ladies. We're so excited to be talking to you today. First of all, anyone who's listening, she looks flawless Stop. how do you have children because you <laughs> look more well rested than we do and we don't Truly. have <laughs> when she came on the screen both of us i'm not no. kidding gasped we were like whoa <laughs> makeup is a wonderful thing thank you ladies i will take the comment <laughs> <laughs> well i think we're just gonna dive right in yeah into we have this. a lot of questions lot for of you questions. and we have do people it. write in as well who had questions for yes. you as well So our first question is, so you're a licensed pediatric occupational therapist, as well as a parenting and soul alignment mentor. Can you explain for our audience what both of those job titles kind of entail? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people don't know what a pediatric occupational therapist is. I don't as well. (laughs) You don't. 
Okay. It's, it's fine. We get confused with physical therapists all day, every day. So <laughs> it, you're not alone, but um, the primary focus of an occupational therapist is to help people live their most independent and meaningful lives. So I worked in an outpatient clinic for four or five years with little ones age zero to 21. And a lot of those kids in that particular setting had physical impairments. So think cerebral palsy or spina bifida, sometimes traumatic brain injury. And then on the other end, I did in-home where I would see little ones under the age of three. And a lot of times with the little ones, it was just that developmentally, they were a little bit behind. So they qualified to have an OT come in and help them build skills again to to catch up and to be more independent Mm. in what we call activities of daily living. So think about that as being able to get dressed, eat your food, make your food, everything you do day to day to survive. Right. Yeah. And then the soul alignment mentor, that's really just about helping people live their most authentic lives. Like I think about how long it took me to just have the goal to leave a position that felt so secure and Mm -hmm. safe, but that my soul was calling me to step into something else. And I, I continue to build the muscle of trust in that when my soul pings me to do something, it's safe for me to do it. And usually I'm wildly surprised at how beautiful it all unfolds for me. So I I wish that for every woman. And so whether that be in how you raise your kid, how you build your own empire, business, whatever it is, like I'm here to support women. Oh, so so you don't just work with children, you work with women as well. Yeah, so I moved out of my primary position as pediatric occupational therapist. And when I started my YouTube channel, I built an online business. And I was like, holy crap, there's a whole other world yeah, out here. And so really now I mentor women in both business and while you're building your empire, how do you raise these soul aligned little beings? So you're showing up equally fully in your business as you are at home with your little ones, having the right. whole thing, the whole shipping. Yeah. And I think that that's a misconception <laughs> that like, oh, we can't have all, we can't mm-hmm. have both. Right. Exactly. So you're that's here exactly to be it. like, that's yes, a myth I want to buy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're doing it and watch us do it and come along if your soul is pinging you too, because uh, yeah, it's just been the most incredible past four years of growth, like internally within my family, within my business. And um, I wouldn't trade this for anything. So I wish it for everyone. Yeah. I'm curious how you, or when did you feel confident to make that transition? Like, I feel like a lot of people are scared to take that big leap of faith to that you know, changing careers or especially, you know, later on in life, like how did you, or when did you feel confident enough to be like, okay, I'm doing this? You know, I wish it was this like, oh, I'm just so strong and courageous. I'm going to do it. I actually had a pretty messed up situation in that I found out after like four years of pouring my heart and soul into this position that I was hired for as an occupational therapist going above and beyond and getting like an advanced practice. So I had more skills to serve my families. I found out that someone who had just walked in as a new hire, same position, just four years less experience was getting paid $9 an hour more than me. And this is like a County position. So it's not supposed to happen. And I went back and forth with the managers trying to understand how this happened. And they basically said, yeah, so sorry, we're not going to do anything for you about this. And that was just sort of my last straw. I I just felt completely undervalued. Mm -hmm. And I was like, forget it. I'd rather, I would rather go all in on myself 
and know, you know, how valuable Mm -hmm. my own energy is in this and see what happens than spend another day being just completely disrespected the way I felt I was. So that's what pushed me. And I'm so glad it did. I'm grateful for it now in hindsight. Yes. (laughs) It's so interesting how these moments, I mean, first of all, that's horrible that that happened, but how these moments that you would look at as a low in your life actually end up being transformative and it's all up to you on how you're going to let that push you, right? Is it going to hold you back or is it actually going to leap you forward into something? And, you know, it's a, it's so unfortunate, but then it's like you can look back and be like, okay, that happened so that I can do this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's It's all how we look at it, right? And then, again, it's like trusting that every time you are moving through a challenge or something that seems to make zero sense in the moment – promise you're going to have a moment two years from now, three years from now where you're like, ah, okay. I see how this was needed in the big picture. So yeah, yeah a lot of gratitude. hundred percent. So you mentioned <laughs> just now, you said conscious, you're, you kind of coined this term conscious soul aligned children. And I'm curious what that looks like. Like what is a conscious soul aligned child in your definition? Yeah. You- So it's funny because I I speak often about a soul aligned child. And when I saw the question, how conscious ended up in there, I thought, okay, well, I love this because when I was reflecting on the word conscious with children, you know, we think about them almost in their like purest form of when they come out and they haven't been conditioned Mm -hmm. yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have a subconscious pattern that has them operating a certain way. They are literally taking everything in and they're like the most conscious beings, you know, like everything is brand new, they are learning. And so it's like, and then we get older and, and whether it's our parents or grandparents, whoever else, like we, we become conditioned as we get older by society, by other people, what is deemed correct, right? Whatever it is. And so it's like, how do we foster every us, our kiddos come in as our own unique souls? And it's like, how do we support them in being their most authentic selves, mm. you know, through and through? Of course, we have guidelines and we have rules and there is society and they will become conditioned to some extent. But I think it's really about um, helping our kids remain the most authentic beings that they can possibly be and loving them through that. Yeah. Well, I love that too, because it like, it's almost like you raise them from the beginning that way so that down the line, they don't have to come to you to be like, okay, can you teach me now that I'm an adult? You know, Which is, I, mean? I feel like what, <laughs> what I had to do, you know, as yes. I got older, you get more comfortable in yourself. I always say like every year I get older, I get more and more confident in who I, I am. Or more of myself. Yes. More myself. But it's like, if I had gotten that early, like where would I be now, you know? A thousand percent. And I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this specific work is because we have the greatest impact on our little ones by us going first. So when we're able to say, all right, let me decondition from all the things I have been told I need to be in this world. And let me come home to myself and have self-love and feel good in my skin. Then it's so much easier to raise kiddos with that same value set. And they see themselves through us. And they're like, mom's being authentic. She's doing something outside of the box. It's working for her. She's happy. Of course, I'm going to follow suit. Yeah. It's safe. Yes. You know? It's all yeah. about that safety element. Yeah. Too. yeah. So I want to jump in with a listener question. We've had sure. a parent ask, how is conscious parenting consistent and different through the stages of child development? Ooh, interesting. How is it? How is it? Say the first how part is again. conscious parenting consistent and different? I think okay. as children, as, as they older, get older. Okay. I like that question. So 
For me, it's a little different in terms of development because I like to simply put conscious parenting as intentional parenting, mm-hmm. right? Like we're, we're aware, we're aware of how we're showing up for our kiddos. We're aware of the patterns that have sort of dictated us to this point and what we're projecting onto our kiddos. Our kiddos development is sort of independent to, in some forms, it's independent to how we parent, right? They're going to learn to walk. They're going to learn to crawl. They're going to learn to eat food. However, where I think conscious parent can impact development is especially in social emotional Mm, um, development, right? Because, and to be honest, especially here in the state of California, there have been so many more tests done that show the importance of this specific realm of development. So they're putting more funding here. They're having OTs do more assessments in a home for kiddos because they understand that like, Cognitive development isn't everything. It's how we're able to communicate and relate to other people around us, right? And so to me, the conscious parenting, and specifically, I think you guys had a question about this, emotional intelligence, which I think is a big piece of Mm -hmm. conscious parenting, really ties deeply into that social emotional development, right? How are we teaching our kids to feel their feelings? How are we showing them it's okay to process their feelings? You know, are we giving them tools to manage the range of feelings that they feel? And what are we projecting as parents as okay or not okay to feel, right? So I kind of think that that's where conscious parenting or intentional parenting and your child's development can collide, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're modeling for them, especially in this particular realm, what's safe, what's okay, what's not okay. And there's a real big opportunity to expand our skill set, both as parents and for our kiddos. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's long, long winded answer to that. That was such a great answer. And it's like, yes, like we, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I'm gonna say we because since I'm an adult, we (laughs) are modeling to our children, like how to feel our feelings. Yeah. And I'm curious, like in terms of like practicality, like what are some ways that you show your children how to regulate their emotions through yourself or through just teaching them? Like what are some methods that you use? Yeah. So there is this piece. um, And I I speak about this in my program that I've kind of coined conscious conversations. And it's something that I started having with my son who is five and a half years old. And really the, the essence of conscious conversations is sort of, I've built this awareness where I can see when I have my human moments as mom, when I step out of line, when I yell, when I do something that's like, Oh, that's not really in alignment with the big picture of what I'm trying to do. And so in those moments, I'm like, okay, I want to have a conscious conversation with Kai about it. Like, where could I have done better? You know, where did I, where did I do something that felt out of alignment to me and how can I show up differently next time? And so a great example of this is those moments of frustration when you like snap or you yell at your kiddo, you know, and you feel them, you feel them pull back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the moment where you have that awareness. And a lot of us parents do, we're like, Ooh, we feel that tinge of guilt or shame or whatever it is. But a lot of us go, Ooh, okay. And we, we may push it down and say, I'm, I'm too busy to deal with it in this moment. But I challenge you to have a conscious conversation in that moment, or maybe an hour later when things have settled down and say like, I remember how I felt. And I remember not feeling good about the choice that I made. Can I sit down and have a developmentally appropriate conversation with my kid about it? So for Kai, it may look like, Hey, mommy yelled at you. And that's not really how I want to communicate. And I apologize next time. Mom's going to make sure, you know, um, I, I take a breath or I go for a walk or mommy's taking care of herself. So that way she has the attention 
to deal with this or, you know, to handle this differently next time. So that's a tool that I use. um, And I think it's been really helpful for all of us. Yeah. Well, also, I think particularly for raising boys, because society is so heavy on them about like not showing emotion or they'll help. I mean, we all know the teenage boy that punched a hole through his wall, his wall, you know? (laughs) So it's like, they weren't modeled. Like how, how do we effectively show our emotion and process it and process it? Yes. 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 So it's a new paradigm of parenting, you know, and, and it's interesting because many of our parents had that same household where for boys, for men, it was not okay to have certain emotions. Anger's okay. Frustration's okay. But to be sad or to feel anxiety, any worry, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was deemed weak. Right. And so here we're entering this new phase where we understand we have emotional intelligence and we say all feelings are okay. We are human. This is the human experience. Here are some tools to process it. And we're going to start opening up discussions and talking about it because to not causes a lot of us issues down the line. Yeah. Yeah. So how can parents assess what is working or what is not working with their parenting style Mm -hmm. and how can they shift it into a more efficient way of parenting and fostering a better connection with their children? I love this question. So, you know, I, I'd say there's like two different approaches. So again, in my program, I have like a very detailed question list for people who are like, okay, like I haven't done this before. Let me, where do I get started? You know, and there's some basic questions around like how much of my parenting style is reactionary? Like, am I reacting to what my kids are doing? So there's like this approach where it's like, here are specific, specific questions where you can really grade yourself and assess like what you're doing. But ultimately I think it comes down to just building some awareness because it's easy for us parents to get into like a monotonous routine of like, Hey, we're just yelling at our kids to get out the door every day. And we don't take the time to just sit back and say like, is this really working? Like, does this feel good for anyone? (laughs) And if we just had that moment where we're like, this doesn't feel good. And I'm always arguing with my kid and say, okay, what do we want to do about this? And, or like, can I become more curious? Why is this an issue? What does my kiddo need from me that that he or she is not getting in these interactions? And something that I did quite simply, so depending on how old your kiddo is, again, Kai, my oldest is five and a half. I just asked him. I got curious. I'm like, hey, Kai, like, I just started asking the questions. Do you think we spend enough time together? Yeah. Do you think that we play enough together? No. Okay. Duly noted, you know, and, and then I'm making more of an intentional effort to do the crafts or when he asks me, Hey mom, do you want to come do Legos with me? Next time I'm aware, I'm like, I'm not going to make an excuse. I'm going to go up there. I remember he said he does not feel that we have enough of this connection, you know? So becoming curious and just kind of taking a step back and saying like, where's their friction? Where's their tension? And let's dissect that. Who has a need that is not getting met? That's usually what it boils down to. I've never thought about asking your child. I don't know why. I mean, when I'm saying it out loud, it sounds crazy. Of course you would. But like to take the time to say like, what do you need? And what, you know, because I think, I mean, I'm not a parent, so it's hard for me to speak on it. But I can imagine that you get so busy. You're just trying to like get by you know, yes. like you're just trying to like get to, to the end of the day and survive. Yes. But like, if you take a step back and you're like, okay, this isn't working, like just being in survival mode, like isn't working. And how can I like shift things to actually like foster these relationships and like deepen my child's, you know, life, enrich my child's life. That, that's, 
I don't know why that was so mind blowing to me. I'm I like, know. wow, yeah, you should ask your child, like, you know, because I'm thinking too, like kids, they're not going to lie. They're not going yeah, to try no, to like gauge your emotion you. <laughs> yeah. and be like, mm, no, like he's going to be like, um, no, you do not play enough with me. You suck right here, mom. <laughs> yes. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually such a great tool to simply ask. Yes. Yeah, it is. And, and I think Corinne, you made such a beautiful point about like the difference between survival and thrival. And I, we do go through stages, especially as new moms, when you bring home a baby, like we are a lot of times in survival mode, you know? Um, but I think there comes a point, and this was definitely a, a, a huge tipping point in my parenting journey because I, I really was in survival mode with Kai. And then with my husband and I, we had the conversation of, if we do this again, we don't want to just survive. It wasn't great for our marriage. It wasn't a beautiful experience. We want to thrive through this. So how do we want to set up support systems, whether it is hiring a nanny or asking your neighbor or getting on a train so that like you have these moments to take a step back and reflect and ask these questions to change the overall feel of the dynamic of your family unit, because it's so easy just to be in survival mode or we're just getting by. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not, that's not all that's available to us. We get to have these beautiful moments with our kids and, and deepen our connection and our bond. It's available to us if we choose it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm curious because I feel like one of the barriers I feel like people feel is that they're just too busy to do all yes. of this. And so I'm yeah. curious what kind of strategies that you use to keep conscious parenting at the forefront of your mind, you know, while you know, maybe society isn't really set up to do this when you're so busy. You know what I mean? There's a million yes. other things. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like so many people are working nine to five, six later, right? And where I would start is just in your daily routine, because you're likely there for either bath time or in the morning with breakfast. And I kind of feel like nighttime routine allows our nervous system to sort of exhale. Mm -hmm. Whereas the morning routine, when we're trying to get kids out the door to daycare or everything else, it's harder to be intentional. So that might be like something that you integrate later on, but like even it's like, it doesn't have to be that you have all this time to go on a special vacation or do this thing. It's like, start with the intentional moments during bath time or bedtime routine, reading a story to your child, just taking 10 minutes to really connect because it's really about quality over quantity. Oh, yeah. And so building from there. Yeah. yeah. So how can, how can people, if let's say a couple has two totally different parenting styles, mm -hmm. how can they learn to parent as a couple with one, you know, overarching theme of consciously mm -hmm. parenting. I love this so much. And I, um, I actually am going to bring my husband in to shoot a new module for raising the conscious, which is my program. But, um, what I would, this is where we started because I, Mike and I aren't completely on the same page with everything, but what I find to be so helpful is starting with your children because your children are very unique to any one particular parenting style. Like what does your child need? Where are their strengths? Where do they need more support? That's really like kind of objective mm. information that you and your husband or your wife can pull together and say like, Hey, we agree, you know, Sam thrives over here, but tends to struggle in this area. How can we support him or her together in this area, you know, as opposed to subscribing to a complete 
theory. You know, it's like, right. let's just look at our kids. Let's look at our individual kids and focus on their particular needs. Yeah. Again, mind blown. It just seems so obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you wouldn't just take a whole over like this one theory and apply it to everything when if they don't even respond to it. But it's like, well, it's right. the theory. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense that it's like, I mean, like a personalized approach to each child that you have that's unique. I'm curious because, I mean, I I, I have to keep saying I don't have kids because I just, it feels, you know, I, I can't speak to it. But like, I feel like, how do you make it, you know, your parenting personalized when you're also trying to establish boundaries and rules and you know, what you're allowing your kids to do and not do, like, when do you let them make mistakes on their own? And then when do you set hard rules, for example, like homework and bedtime and things like that? Like, when is it personalized? And when is it like, no, this is just, you know, a rule we have in the house? Right? Well, that I feel like still comes down to your personal values and priorities, right? Because like, are you, we're not pulling rules from like, the land of the best parenting book. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like rule number 20. It's like, I think it's it's so important to sit down with your partner or to craft an overall vision for like, what do you want your family dynamic to look like? What do you value? What do you prioritize? And having these overarching themes are going to guide you in. How do you establish rules? How do you establish boundaries? And I will say it's an, a process that continues to evolve. Like, what I thought as a parent at, when my child was two is very different than how I show up now that he's five and a half and he's got a little bit of attitude. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like these things continue to evolve and children by nature want to push boundaries. And so you learn like this, I'm going to go to war for, and this is just not worth my energy or time, you know, but I think it really does come back to like, allowing yourself to decondition from society's expectations and their rules and standards and getting clear on your personal values and priorities, because that's what's ultimately going to feel good for you when you are having the conversations and trying to enforce these things. It's got to have like meaning for you. Otherwise it feels arbitrary and you're not going to hold it. Right. Yeah. It's like, why are we even doing this? Exactly. So I think parents too, like a lot of the time, arguments tend to come up around parenting. So what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on like constructively argumenting in front of children? Or do you say keep it all hidden? Like what are your thoughts on on that? So not a a psychologist by any stretch of the imagination, but here's here's my like, here's my thoughts about it. This comes back to our emotional intelligence and we really have to take responsibility for what we feel we can manage in front of our kids. Like, you know, if you are about to enter into a subject that is going to set you off and that's probably not the time to be having that discussion in front of your kiddo. With that being said, we are all human and I've certainly had moments, me and Mike have had moments where it has just escalated and it's like, whoa, Nellie, this ain't it. Like we're not doing this in front of our kids. So my my suggestion is that in those human moments to close the loop. So if your kids saw you take a turn for the worst together, then let them see you repair it yeah, together yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and say, I'm sorry, because it's, it's not helpful for them to only see how things can devolve and not how things can be put back together. So that would be my one suggestion. Yeah. That was always something that was confusing for me growing up. My parents tended to argue a lot, but I would never see, it was like one day they're mad. The next day they're like, 
back to I'm like okay you know that's confusing yeah yeah, yeah you didn't yeah. see them like actually work it out it was just right. like bad and then like and then they're holding okay. hands I'm like what <laughs> exactly You're like how does this work exactly yeah. where's the bridge exactly. right yeah and that's the skill that I think is is so useful for kids is to see that communication process and how does one you know apologize and take ownership and responsibility for that's huge you know and that's going to go a long way in the parent-child dynamic too yeah yeah one thing that my dad did that was always stuck with me is he always if he had and this was just with me but like if he ever you know got angry with me or or even hurt my feelings he always apologized to me and it was like in a very sincere way and like always owned up and I was like it just it stuck with me and it was like oh this is how you apologize like now I know how to do that because he I, I consistently like if even if he messed up I'm like he's gonna apologize I know it. and he would like <laughs> clockwork he'd be like hey I'm sorry <laughs> you know I feel like that is such a gift because both me and my husband did not have that modeled for us so it took us so many years to, to learn how to apologize and even to this day sometimes it's like I'm sorry yeah <laughs> I, I'm sorry I couldn't hear that could you <laughs> you know like like it hurts and so I it's such a gift I think to to strengthen that you know yeah, yeah. I, I mean it seems like the basis of a lot of what you teach is is really having conversations like with you know your partner or with your children I'm curious about how you have some difficult conversation. How old are your children? Um, so Kai's five and a half, and our youngest Naya will be okay, one. Okay, so next you're time. not really oh, next week. Oh my god, next week. Oh my god, a Scorpio in the house. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess you're not having these conversations yet. But I'm curious if you've thought about having more difficult conversations with your children in the future, like you know, if they have any like possibly genetic, physical or mental conditions like anxiety or depression that run in your family. I don't know. Or family, addiction. Addiction. Yeah. You know, she has diabetes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these harder conversations with children. Um, mm-hmm. How do parents navigate that? That's such a good question. And I have like, I have two main thoughts about this. One, especially for the younger kids who aren't quite ready developmentally to process like these tougher books are such a huge tool because Mm -hmm. there's a way of this information being filtered through the lens of a character that it's not so serious, but, but the child grasps the essence of what is happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and there's usually a beautiful lesson or tool that is offered up through the story. So I think that that's a really powerful tool for our younger Mm -hmm. kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, age appropriate shows. And then also as, so of course, like thinking about these tougher conversations, whether it be about anxiety or, you know, politics or the state of the world, you know, the other thought that like, again, like this new age issue where it's like, there are so many concurrent challenges in the world (laughs) that it's like, who anymore can put an age like this is the age we start talking about this because I feel like this is a, a moving target. Like we don't understand the cumulative effect that this is going to have on our kids 10, 15 years down the road. And you also have to factor in that one seven-year-old or eight-year-old's social emotional capacity might not be the same as another kid who's seven or eight years right. old. So that's kind of why it's important to be so tapped into that particular aspect of child development, because you'll have a feel of like, is my child really 
able to hold this conversation, understand where I'm coming from, or is this completely going to cause their nervous system to shut down, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it feels like it's almost tapping into your intuition. And that's a lot of what I come back to, too, is there's plenty of information on the internet that you can use to guide you. But ultimately, like what's here is, is, is the best guide because you're unique and so is your child and the dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. So here first, intuitive, and then using the external information to, to support you in to it. Kind of tweak it. Tweak it. Yeah. To their, yeah back yeah. to that like customized parenting. Yes. Exactly. Each one. Exactly. Custom package. The custom package. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Want the custom package. Yeah. So realistically, <laughs> parents, like most most couples, I think both work at this point. And so most parents have to put their kids into childcare or daycare. And so how do we ensure that our kids are getting the connection that they need, even if you can't really be part of it for most of the day? Do you know what I mean? How do they, how do you balance that? And what are your thoughts on childcare? Yeah. 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 I think childcare is actually amazing. I mean, honestly, after the past two years we've had, you know, it's like these (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the kids have been either locked down or not even around kids. So I think childcare and daycare is a beautiful opportunity to be around peers and kids really do take to their peers and what they're doing. It, it's a huge part of their development, especially social emotional development. So I love that. And your child is getting that connection, that human connection and learning so much. And so, you know, there should be no shame or guilt or worry around that. And then again, it's like when you do have time, when you come home at the end of the day or whatever it is, just that quality time, whether it's the bath, the the story, whatever it is, it's like, it doesn't matter that it's not you who's the primary person, you know, fostering these moments of connection. It's actually beautiful for your child to have a diverse range of interactions. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And because they pick so much up from from other kids, and exactly. and it's also like because I was thinking as you we were talking, like you know, you we don't, we'd want to stray away from the conditioning and stuff, and and a lot of kids are probably still being raised with the conditioning. But yes. if your kid is conscious enough to know, like, oh, that's you know, doesn't yeah. really you know when they come exactly. Home, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, because it's ultimately. How do we interact with their authenticity? Like the bold child is going to be the child who he can be bold at home and is supported and loved through it and then shows up at daycare and may have a different response, Mm -hmm. but understands that when he or she comes home, they are still loved and supported in their authenticity, right? So it builds because we are the primary caregivers. So what we're fostering at home is going to be shown in the outer world. And I love that you also said there's no guilt or shame around I think like, you know, a lot of working moms feel guilty about not being able to be there 24 seven or arrange their schedule in that way. And it's like, I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but like we were originally in tribes when like, you know, other, you know, older women would take care of your child. And, you know, it it was, it takes a village to raise a child. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, women shouldn't feel bad if they needed, you know, a nanny or a, you know, whoever, to, you know, we all need help sometimes. Like this yes. is not a journey to, to be done solely all the time. Yeah. Like we would fall apart again, especially in this day and age where there are so many challenges we are navigating. Like, no, I advocate for community through and through and through, you yeah. know, it's, it's what's ultimately best for your mental health and the longevity of you showing up intentionally and connected with your child, you know? Yeah. I also yeah. think about how like 
this is kind of the first time in, well, our generation sort of is where we're not near our families. Cause a lot of the times like the yes. grandma would help or like somebody's helping, yes. you know? So, and we're so separated now. Yeah. So yeah. we've gotten to this thing where we think, oh, we can't have help, but that makes no sense. <laughs> no sense. No sense whatsoever. Yeah, so yeah. we got to start wrapping things up, but can you tell us and our listeners a little about your program? It's called Raising mm. the Conscious, right? Yes. Yeah. I love it because we kind of just walked through uh, I know, so I'm many like, pieces. The second I am pregnant, I will be signed up. Oh, I'm like, I'm, oh. I will be calling you <laughs> It'll be in like five years from now, but I will be signed up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. You got to know when your timing is right. Like, enjoy these next five years, girl. <laughs> you have all the prep. But yeah, so Raising the Conscious is like my flagship program. I love this program so much. It's the, the pieces of this have shifted everything for me, right? This, these are like the main components um, that have just transformed my relationship with my kiddos and even my husband and how I show up as a businesswoman. But really, we walk through like crafting that unique vision for you and your family because each of us are unique. We all have different needs, right? And this is the pillar that's going to guide us through the really challenging times and keep us in alignment with this bigger picture. Then we go in and we do work on our emotional intelligence that are again tools to help us navigate these really challenging times and you know ultimately we become we build our muscle of awareness this is how we become more conscious and intentional as we become more aware like okay when do we veer off from alignment yeah. where are we out of alignment with the big picture okay come back and have the conscious conversations so it's really this journey within to help you again shed that conditioning and parent from a really authentic place so that you can raise kiddos who are soul aligned and authentic too Amazing. Yeah, and this is all it's like an online course, right? It is. Yeah. So I, you can purchase it like it's already pre-recorded, but I do run it live sometimes because I want it to be a program that continues to evolve. As people come in and ask beautiful questions as you have, I want to answer them. And as Kai gets older and I meet new challenges in parenting, I want to include that. So yeah, it's really a journey that we get to walk through for years and years and years. So that's so yeah. wonderful. Um, and you said you have a YouTube channel as well, yeah, right? A big I one. Yes. You just hit some big I, milestones. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you guys are looking for any type of parenting tip, like head over to my YouTube channel. I do all child development, um, conscious parenting, all that good stuff. You can find it at Nicole Amber. Okay. We will link it in our show yeah. notes to your, all your socials. And then also to your program as well. If you guys, Thank you. I don't, if you guys are a parent, like, and you're listening to this, I'm sure you're already signed up right now. I'm about to sign up. I know. It's like, we don't have kids, but we're signed up too. I've got a nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so oh much, Nicole. You are one so beautiful, but inside and inside out, and, out. and your, your children you. are so lucky. And um, we're so lucky to have um, some of your time today. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor. Thank you guys for inviting me. You're awesome. And keep doing what, can I just say, um, this podcast name is the most genius name ever because every human has asked this at least once yes. in their life. So you guys probably the most it. with parenting. Yeah. Exactly. Most of the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Am I doing this right? Daily. Yeah. Am I doing this right? Exactly. Yes. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you ladies. so much. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I want to be her. I'm <laughs> upset I'm not her. I know. Like, I'm genuinely upset that I am not this woman. I'm, she's, I mean, you guys will see the clip when we post it. She's gorgeous and she's just so grounding and like intentional the way she speaks. Yes. And I was like, I was mesmerized. I know. And I'm like, I am nowhere near being a parent. 
And I'm like, should I take this course? We, maybe we should together. <laughs> we, should. we should take it together. You know, we would have. We, uh, this is right up our alley. It honestly, is, it is. <clears throat> and like I said, we're going to link to all of Nicole's socials and her program in the show notes. So you can just swipe up and get the links to that if you guys want to connect with her more. But we hope that you learn more about raising conscious, soul-aligned children, how to be a conscious parent, and feel inspired to check out Nicole's program, Raising the Conscious. Mm-hmm. That poor. That poor. Yes. But Nat, let's circle back on this wine that we were drinking that I literally did not even understand you to pronounce. And can you can you tell us again yep. what we're drinking? Yep. It's the Sparkman Apparition white wine from Yakima Valley in again, Washington. Sounds like a different language. It sounds like some sort um, of something. It is, it's a white wine. Oh, that's all it says. And actually, our hotties this week, this is the first... Dual is it the first? It's the first one. We've never had first. two. Oh, wow. But we had to go with a couple that really seems to be like they're doing this conscious parenting effort together. Yes. And that is a Mr. Dak Shepard and Miss Kristen, Kristen Bell. Bell. Yeah, I think they have two daughters, Delta and I can't think of the other one. Lincoln. Name. Lincoln. But I feel like they are very open about their struggles and what they're trying to do as parents and uh-huh. that they're in couples therapy. And like, I feel like they're really aware of their impact on their children. Yes. Which is really what Nicole was talking exactly. about. Exactly. Like just being aware uh-huh. of how. And addressing your own shit mm-hmm. and coming in and being like, we're not going to pass this on to our kids. Yeah. You know, so they are the hotties this week. So one to Kristen and Dax. What are we rating this? And I cannot say the name white wine. Sparkman. I I don't like it. I don't. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I didn't want to say it until you said it. I'm taking one more sip. Something's, I, it's just really not for me. It's not for me either at all. Hmm. What are you going to say though? I feel bad because, like, I really wouldn't drink this. Like, me neither. So it's like, is it a one? Is it like a one? Have we ever? That's horrible. I feel so bad. I feel bad, but we aren't. We are. We want to be truthful in our reviews. Okay. I think it's it's a a one. one. If I got this, I'd be like, I really don't like like something. Can I have something else? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a one to Kristen so, and Dax, which is, you know, we're just being truthful. We're yeah. being authentic. We're being, we're being our authentic selves. We are. We are. <laughs> yes. All right. This is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week we're playing Citizen's Arrest. Citizen's Arrest. Where we place a citizen's arrest on something that needs to be arrested. That needs to be arrested. Yeah. Would you like to go first? I will. You know, I'm always self-conscious about what I choose, but I've decided to do citizen's arrest on daylight savings time and the fallback and all of that. Very valid citizen's arrest. Because it really fucks up my life. Oh, no. It fucks up every... Like, my mom has said so many times, like, I wish they would abolish it. She no. hates it that much. Well, they had it. It was on a on a bill recently, yes. and I voted to I get voted. rid of it in California. I don't think it went through. I don't think it went through either because on my calendar, it says that it's in a couple weeks. Yeah, but, like, I mean, we can only talk so much because we live in California and we don't have cold weather. But, like, if you live in the Midwest and then all of a sudden it's cold and now it's dark as shit and it's at 4 p.m. Oh yeah, and it's just like it's very depressing and it, I think it contributes to seasonal depression. 100%. And like why do we have it? 
You know what I mean? I like, guess to have more daylight to like, I, but I think it was like for the purpose of like working in fields and stuff, like in oh, agriculture. Oh. But I'm like, why do we have it now? Yeah. <laughs> We're all locked inside under fluorescent lights. No. I can't remember. <laughs> okay. I remember Obama speaking on it and I can't remember if he was for it or against it. I feel like. No, I think he was for it. Really? Because I think I remember him saying. For people that live in the Midwest, when you get that extra hour, it really benefits you. Oh, I guess, yeah. They're, they're you the don't Midwestern. go with anything Obama says. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't, but then again, he could have said it the other way. Like, it really doesn't benefit We'll you. have to Google this we'll after. Have to, we'll have to fact check yeah. this at some point. Yes. But that's my citizen's arrest. What's yours? My citizen's arrest is on Tim Cook of Apple. Oh, why? Because he updated your phone? Nope. I've got a bone to pick with Tim Cook. The voice notes. Why can't why can we put people on the goddamn moon? And if I'm sending a voice note and somebody calls me, it deletes the whole thing. <laughs> why? Why can't you pause it and go back to a spot without having to re-listen to the entire voice note? Oh, when you're listening, I hate if my phone like accidentally like blacks, you know, like it goes yes. to black. I have to like keep tapping you just it. Start for, over. I know, I know. I don't like and we send each other like five minute long voice. Yes. <laughs> so you have to make sure that the screen's always lit. Yeah. That nobody calls you because if somebody calls, you're gonna have to start it over. You know, I wonder if this is really a citizen's arrest or really a job application for you to work at Apple. Well, Tim Cook, <laughs> go ahead and pay me, because I've got some ideas. <laughs> And I've got some things to arrest you for. So, period. <laughs> on period. Well, also, like, citizens arrest on Tim Cook for any type of um, laptop update, software update. Ugh. That shit's never worked for anybody. It's never worked for anybody <laughs> no. ever. No. And it's only ruined their lives. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to throw in one more citizens arrest for Tim Cook. <laughs> because. You have a warrant out for this man's no. arrest. <laughs> because that time they put the fucking U2 album on my oh, phone. Oh, I have all of it still. I'm like, I can't get it off. That, I can't that remove it. That might have been Steve Jobs, though. <sighs> I don't think so. I think it was after. You think? I think so. Another thing we'll have to Google. And I'm going to throw one more in because we've got a warrant. <laughs> Corinne's E, like the button the, the on the backwards keyboard, right is backwards. <laughs> No, but that's because I put it that way. Yeah, yeah. because it I, pops off every time you use it. Yeah, my hands are too um, sticky. The E will come off my laptop. Tim, so Cook, to you got you got to lock these keys in, bro. So we've got a lot of complaints, and we might just have to come to. We might have to work for you. We Power might talks. have to get paid half a million dollars a year to work. <laughs> we just if might. we must. <laughs> if we must. <laughs> All right, well, that's our episode. Don't forget to rate and review it if you liked it. If you have a, a friend who's a parent, share it with them. Share Nicole's knowledge. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with another, another episode. episode. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.